You're listening to Being Eleven, a Sofromedia.com podcast. I've recently been to the Blazing Swan Festival where I met a range of people and asked them one question each. What year did you turn 11? I turned 11 in 1991. Okay. And where were you? I, 11, well, that was the year that I moved from South Africa to Australia. Okay, which so is that's why going to be a very yeah, memorable year. Yeah. And I've completely failed to ask you your name. <laughs> My name's Danielle. Hello, Danielle. I'm Amanda. So, Danielle, tell me about this move. It's momentous. Yeah. Um, my... Like, my family moved, obviously. Yeah. And we had been to visit Perth before, because I have other family living here. But presumably my parents have been setting up the whole immigration for years already. For some time, yeah. But I think the the sticking point that made them decide was South Africa was getting more and more violent Mm. and dangerous and polluted as well. Okay, that's one you don't hear about. I knew about like post-apartheid, it was getting a bit scary. Yeah, well, I mean, 91, 92 was just the end of apartheid. Okay. So there was still a lot of political violence that to the average citizen in South Africa who, from what my parents have said, really didn't know what was going on. Yeah. There was a lot of information that was actively withheld. Of course. So it was terrorism. Yeah. It was car bombs, yeah. a suburb over. Yeah. Plus, South Africa still has no social support network. I mean, obviously, families support years. each other, but through the whole period, yeah. there's no doll, there's no equivalent. So, if you don't work, you don't eat. And sometimes, yeah, if so you do work, you don't eat anyway because the wages were very poor, yeah. especially for people of color. Yeah. So, there was a lot of violent crime a lot of break-ins into houses and yeah. robberies because desperate people will do things That's right. that they yeah. might not otherwise. Yeah. Um, my uncle started sleeping with a gun under his pillow to protect himself and his wife mm-hmm. in case of home invasion. Yeah. And my dad said that that was not a country he wanted me and my brother to grow up in. So that was... And you were the lucky ones who had the choice. Exactly. Yeah. So tell me about the move because that would have been more significant <laughs> to you than all of that going on. Um, it was, I don't think we were the very first flight, but we were in the first couple of direct flights that went from Zimbabwe, no, we went from South Africa to Singapore, because we got the little, um, memorial toy rickshaw at Singapore airport for being on the flight, (laughs) and Singapore airport was astonishing to an 11 year old. I can imagine, yeah, it's humongous. Yeah. Because the only other airport I'd been in, other than Johannesburg, was the Zimbabwe, I don't remember the city, but the main airport there, because yeah. that was where you could get cross flights. Okay. And the airport in Zimbabwe, I don't know if you'd remember Perth Airport in like 1990 to 95, but it was uh, I, I arrived in 1999. So, and I came on the train. So okay. I, Perth Airport was tiny. The airport in Zimbabwe was tinier. Well, we went <laughs> like everyone was waiting for the plane in one room. Yeah. It had a back door that was cracked open so that the cigarette smoke could escape <laughs> from the room. And 
you walked across the tarmac yeah. to the plane yeah. and then climbed up the stairs at the side of the plane. Yeah. And I think there were only two planes yeah. on the tarmac. Yeah. So compared to that, Singapore is a whole, okay. like the airport's basically a city. Yeah. It's yeah, huge. you would have been very wide-eyed. <laughs> I was. Yeah. And, and clean and not yes. people smoking everywhere. Yeah. And it was <laughs> just, I'd never seen anything like it. And then getting here, we spent the first three months living with my aunt and uncle. Yeah. Which was nice. Yeah. For me, I finished school early. Yeah. And then the holidays don't match up, so I had three months of school. Oh, that was, you that was the thing that I agree. <laughs> it was the thing you liked most about yeah. the whole experience. And my aunt and uncle have a huge collection of books in their study, which is set up as a library, so yeah. they set that up as a spare room for me and my brother. In there. Did that influence what you were sitting here doing? Um, probably to an extent. I, I spent that summer being told I could read anything in the room except for my uncle's girly mags, which he put away in a box when we couldn't find them. <laughs> but I'll bet you tried. <laughs> I didn't. At 11, I was like, they're magazines I'm not supposed to look at. I can read anything else here. <laughs> I reckon if I was you, I would have been... Whatever's banned, that's what I want to see. <laughs> and then I would have been shocked and upset. <laughs> well, okay, I get it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my parents didn't vet what books he had in the collection very carefully because there were a lot of things that maybe an 11-year-old should not have been reading. Yeah. You know, horror and yeah. quite adult books yes. as well. Yeah. So there were plenty of things that should have been forbidden and weren't. <laughs> but it's it's made you into a writer. It has. Yeah. Um, I think that's I've great. I've always loved stories, so that just kind of pushed me. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. Okay, I'll let you go back to your writing in a moment. Okay. I'm going to ask you one last question. Okay. I'm interested to know what your 11-year-old self, the one who discovered Singapore, or that, what wisdom would she have to impart on you, the adult? Um, I don't know. Variations on that question are things that they go around fairly frequently in this kind of community. And I guess in the things that I would tell my 11-year-old self. No, I'm interested in the reverse, though. But things that my 11-year-old self would tell me, I, I don't really know. I'm still the same person that I was at 11. It's, I haven't forgotten being you know, that kid. Yeah. That's probably how I ended up being who I am now. Yeah. So it's funny. I'm encountering that a lot more frequently here at The Blaze than I do in my normal interviews. I think a lot of the people here remember how to play yes. more than most adults do. Yes. yes. And what about you know, like that sense of wonder? I went travelling around the world because yeah. probably because of that flight. Yes. Just to see different things and meet different people and see how the rest of the world works. Mm. I went and taught English in South Korea for a year. Wonderful. Which was amazing. Yeah. Um, again, just to experience something that isn't my comfort zone. Yeah. Living in another place, in another culture. Yeah. You can never actually escape who you are. Because no, you always take it with you. Yeah. Exactly. But I think it's healthy to 
to be open to it, yeah. open to the wonder and also open to all the sadnesses and things yeah. that are invisible to us yeah. with all of our privilege here. Yeah. So. <laughs> Lovely. And I hope you uh, find the inspiration you're looking forward to continue your story. <laughs> Hopefully. I've got two different stories and they meet up and I'm not quite sure what happens in the middle. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> well, may you find it in the lake. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Appreciate yeah. it. You've been listening to the Blazing Swan edition of Being Eleven podcast. I'd like to extend my thanks to everyone who participated for their generosity in sharing their stories with me. If you'd like more information on what we do, you can check out the website sofromedia.com.